You're now listening to the Creating Through the Chaos podcast with your host, Shanika and Canty. Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Creating Through the Chaos podcast. I am your host, Shanika and Canty, and today I have with me another very special guest, Mr. Richard Harvey out of Baltimore, Maryland. Richard, thank you for being here today. No, I appreciate you having me on the uh, the podcast. And um, I also just want to say thank you for being our podcast sponsor for the month of April. And just thank you so much for investing in creating through the chaos podcast and supporting us. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listening audience more about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm 31 years old, just turned 31 this year. Since you've been involved in the network marketing space, I guess you could call me a career network marketer. I've uh, been doing it since about 2014. Uh, right now, actually, for the last two going on three years, I've been running my own financial services company in the life insurance space uh, with a company called PHP Agency. Now, as someone who is in the financial services industry, I know that you deal with a lot of chaotic situations involving people and their finances. (laughs) So what is some advice that you would give to someone who's listening, especially dealing with COVID and their finances? Like what advice would you give them to, I guess, have their money working for them during this time? No, of course, we look at the numbers from when, when COVID happened. We saw a lot of industries got decimated, yeah. leisure, hospitality, travel, um, et cetera. One industry that only saw an unemployment rate of, I believe, 4.7% was the financial services space, but in more particular, life insurance. If anything, people realized during COVID, really the heat of last year, that they needed to buy more life insurance. So when folks think of life insurance, they just think of it's money. I, I purchase a policy. Joe Schmo dies, the beneficiaries get the money. But there's so much more involved in life insurance that folks really don't know about it. And that's the cash value. So one thing I recommend all my clients is to get policies that have cash value because there's a lot of pros and I'm sure we're going to probably get later into those pieces. But yes, of course, in a nutshell, it's tax-free money. So you, you put your money there. It's not subjective to any type of loss at all. And you get to access the money tax-free and do what you want to do with it. So during the heat of COVID, I was just talking to a lot of folks, educating that about other places to put your money where it's not exposed to the markets, the volatility of the market. That's awesome. So why don't you go more in depth and tell our audience about the benefits of having a cash value policy? Sure. So let's, let me use an example. Let's say everybody knows about the bank, right? You yeah. go to a bank, you want to get a purchase of car, okay? You get, a, you get an auto loan. Or if you have money in a savings account, typically we know about FDIC, federal insured money, up to 250K. So even the bank has insurance on your money. Not only that, the largest asset a bank owns is insurance. So the question is, if the bank owns insurance, why don't people actually own insurance policies with cash value? Makes sense. So when you look at a policy with cash value, think of it almost like you're becoming your own bank. So when you get a policy, if it's designed correctly, um, and in particular, for those of you that want to do some deeper research, um, the policy that I'm talking about is the index universal life insurance policy. It's not your whole life. It works a lot differently than whole life, but they're similar where there's a cash value component. So of course, you have to go through a life insurance agent to walk into your bank 
and ask them about an IUL because they're not going to be the sell- they're not going to sell it to you. Uh-huh. But but nevertheless, what happens with the an IUL, an Indexed Universal Life product, is that you essentially are going to the insurance companies saying, "Hey, I want to buy a million dollars worth of life insurance, or half a half a million or a quarter million of, of life insurance." Based on your age, of course, and the agent is drafting the policy, you then are able to start to accrue every time you make a payment. There's then generated every year cash value. So let's say, for example, I have a policy that's half a million dollars of death benefit, right? So when I pass away, the family gets the money. Yeah. But let's say in you know five years in the policy, I have access to thirty thousand dollars. I can then call you know a, 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 the insurance company and say, you know what, I want to take out a loan against the policy. So I would literally I go take out, let's say that's I did $10,000. Yeah. I could borrow $10,000 from my life insurance policy and use it for whatever I want to use it for. So this is perfect for folks that got kids. Instead of going buying one of those savings, I think they call the savings plans. Instead of buying one of those savings plans where the money can only be used for education purposes only, it's locked and it's taxed. I educate my clients with kids, buy them an IUL from like the, the time they're born. You can get it as, as, literally as soon as they're six weeks old, right? And then from that point is growing cash value. College is paid for. The first home is paid for. The first car is covered. You know, things like that. So like practically you're your own bank and you pay yourself back interest. And the cool part about this is that you might be thinking, well, what's the, what's the interest rate? Well, one of the companies within the first 10 years, the interest is actually four, four and a half percent. Wow. But they actually credit you 4% back. So you're really borrowing the money at 0.5% interest. And then after 10 years, you're borrowing the money interest free. And here's the cool part. What if you don't pay the money back? If you drop dead, let's say I, I passed away 30 years from now, I, I borrowed, let's say $30,000. I had, uh, let's say $100,000, say for example. What would happen is if my death benefit was a million dollars, they would pay out 80000 So the 30000 would come off of the 100K cash value. So then the family would get the million death benefit plus $80,000. So they're getting almost 1.8, the math is right. You, you know, one point, you know, over a million dollars of change, and they have to pay back thirty thousand. If you defaulted on a bank loan, they're taking your car, taking your boat, they're taking your yacht. So in this case, this is what the wealthy have been doing for years. They've been building generational wealth literally with life insurance products. That's crazy because I've never heard of this. Like, of course, we know you know just get a policy, protect yourself and your family in the event that you die or a loved one die. And of course, we know this isn't taught in schools. So I'm glad that you took the time to educate yourself and also get licensed. And I know that you're licensed in like 10 plus different states. It's like 25 states, I think. I'll stop, 25. I'll stop okay. So you were yeah. just being modest when I was reading a yeah. bill for the, the <laughs> podcast supporter sponsor. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a couple of states that was left off of this, but that's that's. Well, <laughs> tell our audience the states uh, that we are licensed in. I actually pull up my app that I have here that keeps track of all of my um uh, It's okay because you know it's just so we're an international podcast. We've reached the UK, so let us, you know, let our people know we worldwide. Uh, I'm telling you, we're, we're hopefully when the company expands internationally, we can get into 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 the UK. But currently right now I'm licensed in Alabama, Arizona, California, Connecticut, the District of Columbia, Florida. Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, obviously Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, New York, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, and Washington. One of them actually fell off and they get that renewed. 
But nevertheless, that's all the states and places in right now. Go ahead, black man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we trying to protect and serve everybody, man. Look, no man, no woman, no child left behind. So <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. Do your family and friends come to you now more for financial advice, knowing that you are licensed, like that you are licensed? So funny story about that. Like I said, I've been in network marketing for such a long time. Yeah. Um, when I first got started, my cousin said, I don't know why you keep joining these scam opportunities. Yet I was making money and selling real products. And it's funny. I remember when I got licensed because I was never a strong test taker. I wasn't the smartest guy in school. I think I finished with a 2.7 GPA. So I wasn't like a brainiac or anything. But um, I remember when I passed my life insurance exam, because I had another agent I, I had brought into my business from Alabama, and he was like, and I'm sorry, from Louisiana, and he was gun-ho with getting, getting licensed. I said, you would not get licensed before me. And I remember I passed the test. You need a 70% to pass the test. I passed it with a 70. So <laughs> Hey, at least you passed. <laughs> right. So when I passed it, I literally got in the car. I, I like, you know, cried for a little bit. I couldn't believe it. You know, because this is a business I knew nothing about. You know, shout yeah. out to my mentor, Chris McCoy. He, you know, called a play. He gave me a phone call, said, hey, man, I'm, I'm making a shift. I thought it was real estate. He sent me a video with Patrick McDavid. And the first five minutes into the video, I was like, all right, we're doing this. I don't know how much it costs, but it costs $1,000. I was sold. And um, after I, I shed a tear, I called both my parents and said, hey, I passed my life insurance exam. And when I told my dad, the same way he was proud was this, he was, had the same level of proudness for me it was an equivalent when I first went to college and told him I was going to college. He was telling everybody, hey, my son's a college man. So they were really, they fully supported me with it. All of my cousins have policies. All my aunts, aunts and uncles have policies and close family friends as well, because they see me being consistent and out on social media talking about and helping everybody. So yeah, but before it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get started in the financial services industry? You know, it's funny you ask me that. I actually have a cousin who's uh, 18 years old and he watches all my social media. I actually have a couple of younger cousins. They watch all my social media. I'm always talking about, you know, doing exotic things and, and buying, you know, nice cars and, and things in the future. And so he was asking me a very similar question. But I'd recommend, you, you've, number one, find a mentor. Find a really good mentor. I mean, I just had the fortune of finding mine randomly through social media, running some automation software. So I found Chris McCoy. But he was the right person because he already had the experience that I that I wanted. He had mm-hmm. the knowledge already. I didn't have to pay, you know, go to multiple multiple seminars. So for someone's looking to get in the financial space, find the right vehicle. There's a lot of different companies out here in life insurance. There's a lot of companies doing things from credit repair and, and things of that sort. So find the avenue that makes the most sense to you and, and just succumb yourself into it. You don't need to know everything, just get started. So I mean, I, I honestly, financial services is if you look at it like this. The way how the income level goes, you have professional athletes. So you think about Michael Jordan, um, LeBron James, and then it's me, like yeah. you have financial services or life insurance. So if you're looking at a top paid industries that doesn't require a lot of talent, you could be a talented athlete or get involved in financial services because that's, that's never going to go anywhere. So just, just jump in. So has your business been increased because of COVID? Because I know a lot of like, like a lot of life insurance companies have been changing their policies. I mean, it's sad to say that their COVID is a death benefit now. Yeah, so. no, for sure. So when I first got started was in 2019, that whole year I had to build my agency. I only made 600 bucks. Well, actually I made more, sorry, $800. We made $800 that first year, pre-COVID. During COVID, I cleared over $15,000 in the year. And most of that money was made in the first four months of the year because COVID happened, people were scared and everything like that. Wow. So 
overall in my network marketing career, I made the most money in my network marketing career in the midst of COVID, folks losing jobs, you know, people going home, working remote, and everyone's locked up in their house. So it didn't really affect me, nor did any of my other agents. I mean, as a company, PHP literally tripled its numbers and quadrupled its numbers uh, from bringing in new agents, from policies, from submitted business and paid business during the year of 2020, pretty much far outside of the first 10 years of the company in one year. So the business rapidly, rapidly expanded in, in uh, the COVID era. I mean, it's sad that it took a global pandemic to make people look at their financial uh, things differently. And it's really forcing people to change industries. Mm -hmm. Like I've known people who was doing like, I guess, essential worker type things, being on mm. the front lines. And now it's causing them to like, hey, wait, like, do I really want to be putting my family at risk? But, you know, I thank God that there's people like you who are out here that has a heart to genuinely educate people on their finances. And like I said, I think I've created some of my best stuff in the midst <laughs> of COVID. And um, how has like the pandemic like affected you and your family, like in regards to finances? Like, did it make you guys like tighten up on a lot of things mm -hmm. or things of that nature? Well, I realized it was personally for me, I realized because I, my commute, because I also outside of building an agency, I do work in education as well with recruiting students in the top tier colleges. I saw that I was saving more money because I was spending 10 bucks a day at lunch. It's about an hour commute each direction. So I'm spending maybe a week on gas, probably about another $100, $150 a week on gas. Uh, since my car is not the most gas, you know, fuel-friendly car. But then I realized I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm working from home. So I'm not traveling anywhere. I save mileage on my car, wear and tear. I'm not buying new tires or putting brakes or anything else that would go wrong in the car. So I found that I realized how much more money than I had in my, in my, in my account. But not only just that, I became more conscientious of, you know, taking the time to work on like the things such as my credit score and, and things like that, because I was making plans like, okay, I know how the economy is going to work. Things are going to bounce back. It's a rough time now. Let's use this downtime and, and fix some of these things. So I, I used the COVID time uh, to, to just, just to double down, read more books, really understand what's going to marketplaces that when things correct themselves, I'm behind the eight ball, I'm ahead of it. And unfortunately, a lot of folks just sat around they watched Netflix, they, they, they you know, BSed around and didn't use the time to learn new skill sets. They're going to wish they took 2020 to learn some new skills. I'll say that much. Wow. This definitely has been an interesting uh, conversation and even is making me look at life insurance mm -hmm. in a whole different light, especially learning about like the IUL. Mm -hmm. And I actually believe it was an interview going around with Waka Flocka mm -hmm. and how yep. he was able to take money from his IUL. So people think it's just limited to like celebrities and stuff like that. It's like, no, it's great for everyday W2, 1099s, investors, whatever. And the fact that I believe you could have more than one um, life insurance policy as well. So so how it works, and I, I want to get to that Waka Flocka statement too with another person. So how insurance essentially works, it goes by the insurable interest of the person. So as an agent, it's my fiduciary responsibility or financial responsibility to assess a client. Now, of course, when you're looking at life insurance, there's things that go into place, such as height, weight, are you a man or a woman, typically woman, you know, ladies aren't jumping on airplanes or doing crazy activities or doing things that will put them at adverse risk for the most yeah. part. So typically... For women, life insurance is cheaper for them than men. Also, your age has a lot. Just think about it. The younger you are, you're going to be the healthiest at 30. You're not going to be any more healthier than that. 
you're 40, 50, things start going wrong. And they just use data. They just take a lot of data. It, it can, sometimes they'll look at the medical records and things like that. So when you're looking at a full application, there's a number of profiles they're looking into. So that's when I sit down with clients, I kind of gather all of that stuff up front and I can even just assess if you had a, a bunch of health issues, I could call the carrier in advance before that happens. But just some things to really think and, you know, kind of think in place. But yes, it serves so many purposes. When I got into life insurance, I was ignorant. I was like, oh, you know, at the time I was, what, it was like three years ago. So I was 20, 29, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to buy life insurance. I'm 29 years old. I don't smoke, you know, I drink here and there. But for the most part, I'm pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest load of crap you can tell yourself. I think the, the, <laughs> one of the biggest, I, I think one of, there's a lot of issues with being human. But one of the biggest things is a false sense of security. That will never happen to me. I can't tell you how many people I know that are younger than me, dropping dead left and right, getting car accidents, getting shot, wrong place, wrong time. But one thing we, we can all agree, we don't know when we're going to go. People say DMX so is young. He's 50 years old when he died, right? That's young to somebody. I'm like, he lived to 50. That's a, that's a good time. You know, it, so, so really age is all about perspective. But I recommend to, to anyone listening to this podcast right now, if you don't have life insurance, you can give it, give me a call. I'll be more than happy to help you. Shameless plug. Be more than happy to help you and just and educate. I don't sell anything to anybody. I educate you. Uh, I'll kind of go through some, some information, basic information to open your eyes up to what it can really do for you. And then we find something that's the best fit. I'm not going to lie to you. An IUL is not the best fit for everybody. There's some ages on here. They're selling that stuff like you're selling, you know, candy to a baby. Sometimes a term policy might make the most sense, a temporary policy, because maybe, you know, a person will have two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month yeah. to throw into an IUL. So maybe they got like 50 bucks. So a term is like a starter pack. You know, you can't afford to buy a house. You go rent somewhere first and get your money saved. You know, and then we got some in the middle. Like, did you know you can get life insurance on your home? People don't know about this. one. So that's called a return of premium product where essentially um, you can get all up to 30 years. And, you know, if you buy a house for 30 years, you can get another policy that will literally, it would never decrease with the house. So if you have, a, let's say you have a, a house that costs 300000 you get the policy for 300000 As you're making payments on the house, the house value goes down or the mortgage goes down, but the policy stays the same. Let's say the husband dies. Husband is the, the breadwinner in the family. You activate the, the ROP. Now that ROP policy covers the house, pay the house off with it, and there's still money left. Or let's say, you know, the, the spouse or the husband lives all the way through, you get a portion of the payments back. Wow. Return of premium is with the ROP. So imagine if you had car insurance and I'm work for Geico and I say, hey, Shanika, you know, we got this new policy going down that you have, you'll have all the same features. You get a car accident. We're going to give you a uh, rental car. You know, the whole works. But if you don't get a car accident in the next six months, we'll pay you back all the six months worth of your, your, of your car insurance. Wow. Would you like to upgrade your policy? Hell Yeah. Right. For the most part, everybody would say yes. Now, it don't yeah. exist in car insurance, so don't call Geico or Nationwide or... or, or, or <laughs> don't do that, you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't call them, but call your life insurance agent because that's in life insurance, and that's c- considered the ROP, return of premium. So there's a lot of nuances to it. There's a lot. It's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, there's some of our competitors, they sell, they sell one product to everybody, and it's, you know, I don't agree with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you sit down with an agent that really cares. They're not trying to yeah. sell you a $500 a month policy because they're going to get paid a lot of money, but they sit and they really assess your fund, insurable interest and then say, based on this and the fact finding, I think these might be our best options. And here's a couple of carriers you get to choose from. So if you have an agent that doesn't have multiple carriers, if you run into an agent that's trying to sell you something really expensive without really considering you, 
you want to run away. You want an agent that's not afraid to share you share with you the true cost of insurance. We go through all of that with our clients. We sit down with them and we really bust open the illustration and explain what it actually is. People, they see this stuff. It's like Chinese on a piece of paper or, or, or something boring. Well, but we break, yeah, we break it down so you will know exactly how much money is going into the life insurance, how much money is going into an investment account called the S&P 500, and what the actual cost of life insurance is over time. So you know what your money is actually doing. So we, we get we get into the weeds uh, with this stuff. That's good because, you know, being educated about life insurance and stuff like that, it's definitely important. And, you know, first, learning starts at home, Thanks. especially, you know, like I said, it's not being taught in the schools and none of that. So I thank you for taking time out of your schedule to sit with us here at Creating Through the Chaos podcast. You know it. And you guys, if you have uh, any questions and you are in a state where Mr. Harvey is licensed at, reach out to him and get your financials in order to set you and your family up for some great things in your future. <laughs> oh, before, before we go, I'm going to drop my Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at uh, mastermind, uh, I think it's mastermind.harv or it's mastermind.harv. I changed it so many times, I, I can't keep mastermind it. Mastermind It's mastermind.harv, right? And okay, perfect. you can also text the word L-I-F-E to 443-552-9340. And of course, all of his information will be listed in the podcast details. So once again, Mr. Harvey, thank you so much. Appreciate and you. to our listening audience, keep creating, keep flowing, and keep growing. I'll speak to you guys later.